0: Afternoon, everyone, or good morning, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Buenas noches, con buen Hola, what's up, bitches? Welcome to the I Get Buggers podcast. As always, I am your host, Simon Harriggs, and we're doing another Friday podcast on a rainy November Melbourne day. Go figure. Um, But it's a pleasure to be back to talk to everyone again, back solo. But what a fun time it was having a guest speaker on and very much open invitation for everyone to kind of jump on. It makes it easier with the Zoom things, trying to, to touch base record and just kind of pop the audio in there. And it was really good fun to to have guest Dan on last time. And there's already so many more things I want to talk about with basketball. We've gone three rounds through now into the NBA fantasy. Things are starting to take a little bit more shape. Some of the, the early uh, trends are being more evident in terms of if they're real or not, I think, in terms of what's just um, kind of luck in a few of the players or how the rotations are kind of settling. And the theme for today's podcast, one of the ones I've kind of... I've done, I think, maybe once or twice before, but I think it's really fun revisiting early or maybe more into the midway point, but we're going to do it a little bit early here and talk about all of the fantasy reviews that I did, pick out all the teams... And speak about things that I got right, things that I got wrong, sometimes way wrong, and some things I think that we still need to have a little bit of a look, wait and see, on a few different players here. So I'm going to try and do one uh, play for each of those categories for each team, but depending on time and, and interest level on your team, we might jump around a bit and have a couple of different ones. But strap in, and it's going to be another fun one um, that we can kind of look at as we go, but. As I said, looking at players' early days, on if things are real, you know we've got one team three and zero now. We've got one team zero and three, um, unfortunately, <laughs> but we've still got a, like a, a big pack in the middle. And as teams start to play each other and, and even out everything, um, we're going to see, I think, who are the the real contenders to kind of push deep into the season. Twenty one, twenty two for the I Get Buggers fantasy league. So. Uh, We're going to jump straight into it here and I'm just going to go through in the order that we have our teams up for me on the website and we have Team Talk To Me Goose who is one and two to start the season. Coach Adam here. Um, Interestingly enough team I'm facing at the moment. Um, There was a lot of thoughts about the Knicks players which I think are are interesting and one in particular um, that I think I was... Probably on the money a little bit was with Kemba Walker. Unfortunately for Coach here, so Kemba Walker I thought was going to be a hard own long term. Um, even though he's kind of jumped into the point guard role, there's a lot of kind of moving pieces. He's getting older. We saw last year, you know, the three point shots really not that reliable. Fortunately enough, you know, he did have a stretch of um, three games where he had 19 points, 21, and then 19 again. And so the feeling was, you know, okay, maybe if he he doesn't really need um, to be as ball dominant, um, you know, for him to to kind of find his way into this Knicks offense, but that was really, I think, just a, a small patch and inside and, and what can happen when it goes well. But a lot of what we've seen trending with the rest of the games is the fact that you know his minutes are up and down depending on his production. He's scored in single figures for the last four games he's played and unfortunately the last three games he's played combine for a total of 13.5 with two of them being a 0 and a 0.5. So these are the things you're going to get with Campbell Walker, I think, while you're not going to get that low you're not going to get that high as well consistently um, of those mid-20s you had in a a patch you're going to fall somewhere in the in between coach Tibbs has kind of really shown that he's he's happy to ride the players depending on how the game's going and the bench mob so the Knicks have been you know up and down we saw them kind of come out so so hot to start the season but then you know they're, they're having a Knicks season where they they win games that um, maybe you would have thought that they wouldn't and then kind of drop a couple of the ones that you think they really should win if they're a, a top six um, you know, Eastern team and trying to keep themselves out of the, the playoff this season. Um, long t- time to go. We'll see how it goes. But I think with Canberra early days, I still feel like some of the fears were um, have been realized already. One that I got wrong though, and very much uh, a player that Coach has been... Um, on the back of for a long time, given that he's a Pacers fan, is Miles Turner. So he is having a terrific season so far. Um, you know, on the, the back of potential trade rumors and how the fit works with Sabonis and, and everything like that, you know, the Pacers obviously have been um, really um, unfortunate and disappointing to start. I know they, they lost basically their first... Um, three games by combined, you know, single digits. I think the first two were both um, one-point losses and, and their record, um, unfortunately, in their stacked East, you know, they've really got some work to kind of dig themselves out. But they had a, a handy win the other day and they've got Utah today as we speak. So by the time you hear this, we'll see if they've... Um, they managed to, to get a win there, but Miles Turner, you know, he's been fantastic so far. He's averaging 24.7, which is, um, you know, a real, real bonus for, for someone who got drafted um, at 90th overall. So um, we've had a couple of games that are down, but overall, the consistency has been actually really there. So, you know, he's only had one game that's been less than, than 17 and a half in his past. Um, eight here and you know a lot of these ones have been you know you round your 30 even pushing uh, a game where he had 42.25 second game of the season 49 was when he kind of announced himself with a 40 point double double but you know it's the blocks the last two games he's had five and six that's always been a part of the game but he's rounding it out with his rebounds you know the points are kind of all there um I do think watching them, you're going to get a little bit of ebb and flow. But I think he's shown that he's going to do enough when he's not scoring to still give you, like, a healthy output. Um, and the fact that he's always shown a little bit of range, but I think it, it feels a little bit more consistent and it's it's not going to be something, um, you know, when he shares the court with a Sabonis or whatever, that he's kind of pushed out there, you know. Um, I think it's going to become... It, it's looking more of, like, a tool in his shed rather than, like, a crutch... That he's you know able to stretch the floor, um, if you know what I'm saying. I think it's coming together a little bit more, so I think that's a good one. Um, I think the the wait and see is going back to to more of the Nick territory and talking about RJ Barrett. So I remember sending through a um, a trade request literally the day before he had his career high of 35 points, and I was like ah. Uh, um, maybe that's the end of the bylaw opportunity, but you know we've seen since then. This is the thing with IJ Barrett. He had a negative one point five game uh, three games ago when he scored six points, um, and only you know a couple of days ago, um, you know the Knicks fell against the the Bucks, but he only played twenty one minutes and in, in nine point seven five. So you know he's going to have these games. Um, he's averaging seventy seventeen point nine on the season, but it is going to be a little bit of up and down, you know, I was, you know, quite bullish that drafting someone at 51st overall with RJ Barrett's, you know, potential to make that leap was a smart decision. Um, obviously, it's a holding pattern here. This is why he's the player to kind of look at as we're not sure sure yet. Um, even a couple of the games, I've kind of watched him. Some, some of the points that kind of come... Um, you know, can be a little bit like lucky to salvage some of the games. So you can see sometimes when you're watching players, and you're like, ah, oh, I think he played well, even for his you know twelve points, um, you know, in you know three quarters of game. And like, I I trust in this translating over time to be consistently better than it is right now, based on the eye test. RJ Barrett, the eye test is a little bit all over the place. You have quarters where he's like, okay, if that three point corner game is going, he's always. Show, shown to me that like I like the kind of cutting um, and when he's aggressive to the to rim and these things are going to come together in a way where he's going to get rebounds and everything and then there's other games where it's like uh, fuck, like those three rebounds I saw were just like lucky ones that kind of fell into his hand you had a put back layup because no one boxed him out okay, he's got nine in this quarter but I really didn't feel like he played that well and then the next game if these those things don't fall to him you don't see him you know, scoring very well um, but you know, it's all really a hard one to gauge. With um, I think it's very up in the air. I, I do believe in him long term, but I think I'm a more bullish than than a lot of people in the league. I think on RJ Barrett, and I think he's a really fun one to kind of watch go forward. I think he's in a little bit of a patch, you know, where he hasn't scored over twenty for the last four games, and I think the twenty, you know, is the new. Um, you know, 17 in this league with the scoring changes, um, if not more. So, you know, um, gone are the days where it's just over 20, I think is, you know, this amazing, um, really healthy thing. I uh, For someone that you're drafting in the sixth round, um, I think at minimum I want them over 20 and they're at 17.9, even with a couple of those huge um, nights. So, um, yeah, when you take out that 43.5, he only has one... Um, he doesn't have any other games over 30, uh, fantasy-wise, for the whole the whole season. So I think that's a that's a, a different worry, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, moving on, we've got um, the big Lebronski. I think it's the next team. Let's go um, for Jake here. Got a win last game. Maybe a little bit lucky. I know if we looked back at that day where Coach Walsh had four players on the bench. Um, If they were all on the court, that would have been a win and we would have had two teams undefeated and two teams without a win here. But Jake gets a lucky break. I'm hoping for mine soon. Um, Gets that win. And with his team, interesting ones so far. I think where I kind of was probably a little bit on the money was with Kyle Lowry. I think I was, you know, every year (laughs) not wanting to draft him and getting burnt. But maybe this is a year I think, you know, overall his points have trended you know down quite a lot um, his average is 18 point six which I think reads better than what it kind of looks like he needed you know 47 minutes last uh, game to, to get to his 25 point75 but the game before that he didn't score um, he's had a few you know nice games in Miami have been you know playing quite well but I think if you're investing with someone um, with your fifty-fourth pick in the draft, and statistically, a lot of these categories are trending down. Um, it makes me worried for the long-term outlook for the season. Um, he's had a few, you know, nice games to kind of salvage the average a little bit, but I would be worried as they kind of go long-term about how it's going to stack up consistently. Um, where I was wrong and very very happy to be wrong is with Harrison Barnes. What a fucking guy. This guy is killing it right now. Average of twenty-seven point five. It's not like I was like super out on Harrison Barnes, but I did feel that based on his average last year, he could have been a trap for people to go um, too early. I think I said in the review that this was a good pick. It was at the right time, but what I did miss is you know having this big leap. I think um, at the time Jake was you know taking this guy in the right time to live up to expectations last season but you know be be okay if he didn't quite get that but he's not just met it so far he's blasted it out of the water the good things from what we had last year in terms of him being this kind of glue guy fit for the luke walton kind of kings even though they've got a bit of a jumbled piece that they can rely on harrison barnes is still trending you know he's he's averaging 36.8 minutes um a game which is you know fantasy gold that you know he can put together this Dallas Harrison Barnes scoring with, you know, added kind of like rebounds and even the assists have never been great, but, um, 2.6, you know, um, is good when you've had years where he's in, you know, less than one consistently. Um, I just think everything he's doing is probably inevitably going to trend down a little bit, but that's because the searing kind of highs that he's got at the moment and, um, I think everything we saw last year just kept going, and I think this season it might too. Um, so if you can get him into that mid twenties average consistently for the year, I mean that's a huge win, and I think that's a big, big tick for you and a cross on on where I kind of felt he was in my rankings um, at the start of the year. Player that we need to watch a little bit more of, um, and I'm very interested in is this is Spencer Dinwiddie for the for the Wizards. So You know, Wizards are the um, Eastern leading eight and three as we record right now, and I think Dinwiddie has been, been a big part of you know bringing um, his style to the Wizards and and forming a little bit of identity. And I think um, something you'll hear on a lot of podcasts and what seems to ring true with the Wizards at the moment is you know if you look down the roster, like which guys, which guys suck. And the Wizards, while, you know, outside of Beal, sometimes the players didn't really jump out at you. They've just got depth. And, you know, that um, Westbrook trade, I think, was really, really good for them with their depth and now with Harold Coos and and Caldwell Pope. But even guys like, you know, Denny Avedere coming off the bench, they've got Hachimura to come back. There's all these things about the Wizards that are fun and I think what Dinwiddie's done so far, we've seen a few games, you know, where he's gone quite, um, he had his second game of the season where he had 34 points and got a 39.75. And while he hasn't hit, um, you know, over 25 for, you know, the next eight games, um, what he has done has been consistent enough for this average of 19.5. And I do think that it could still get better. I think you've, you've drafted him with seventh, you know, which means you want him to. Um, seventh round, 67th overall. Um, I did think he was a little bit of this enigma at the start, but I liked the risk. I still like the risk, and I think it's going to trend up. Um, I think, you know, the assist numbers at the moment are 5.7, and I think it, it could get even higher than that um, as the Wizards kind of continue on. But, yeah, it's a little bit of a wait and see, but I, I am feeling confident about the glimpses we've seen that, you know, he's come back from a, an injury with a new team that hasn't been too much of a figure-it-out kind of thing. Um He's had he's had you know quite a few games, good uh, games early. He, he hasn't gone over fourteen points um, in terms of like real life points for the last five games. So uh, you want that to to have a little bit more, especially if the Lebronski is going to back up his his uh, season debut win with another one here. But um, we'll see how it goes. Um, next team, we're going to go to Luca Dong Thicke. Uh, coach Jesse here and we're going to stay in the Wizards um, with my big tick on something that I got right so far and that is Kyle Kuzma. I thought it was a really fun risk um, because we had seen what Kyle Kuzma could do with the minute allocations um, and I think I said sometimes with fantasy it's not just whether you think they're good or not. Obviously it's you know role and whether the coach thinks they're good. Um, I don't I think that analysis maybe touch off base potentially um, because I think Kyle Kuzma still has gotten a little bit better, but it's not just him getting better; it's the role, it's everything about being at the Wizards. I thought you know to to roll the dice on him and pick 118 was was really smart, and I think that his average of 20.5 so far is backing it up. You know he's averaging more than Spencer Dinwiddie, um, and you've got him you know five to six rounds later, so. In that aspect, it's 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 all big ticks um, for me here. I think it's a really smart pick that's paying off. Um, unfortunately, one of the other ones I got right, um, staying you know with this team, and it's a bit hard now with injury. But Colin Sexton um, is going to be out you know long term with the with the men- tall meniscus. But I guess the problem was even before that, you know his season average is sitting at fourteen point three. Um, I was a little bit worried about you know a lot of the calves kind of growing and getting better, um, and I did you know do a little bit on how I thought Darius Garland was the, the player to pick over um, Sexton this year. We'll go into Garland later. Um, he hasn't you know been a, a world stopper fantasy wise. There's been a lot of other players, including uh, this team's uh, pick of Ricky Rubio, that's been super surprising. But you know in in what we saw from Sexton. Um, before he went down, you know there was only two games where he went over twenty fantasy wise, and one was a thirty-two, one was a twenty-seven point five, which kind of bumps up his averages and makes you know the games of ten-five, two point seven 9.75, you know, kind of wash away a little bit. There's been way too many games where he hasn't really impacted. Um, from what we saw last year, because he was the bull, he was the guy. He had a lot of good games, and this is not uh, an attack on Sexton. I think you know he's a he is what he is, and you get a lot of extreme opinions about him, um, which I think a little bit unfair. Um, just kind of when you you look at him in it, um, through a vacuum on some of the things he does, I think he's been you know fine for what he's been you know so far in the league, and based on what he was expected to do, I think for the Cavs last year was really positive. But the frame of mind into this year was not to really get. Um, too overwhelmed by the thought that Colin Sexton was going to be, um, you know, the net, have the next step, and we, we've kind of seen so far that we're not going to see what it is through injury, unfortunately. But um, I think I was a little bit down on taking him as early as as Coach did here. Um, I picked fifty eight overall in the sixth round, so that's an unfortunate one. But what I did get wrong. Um, so far in a big way has been um, Montrez Harrell (laughs) who is killing it at 28.1 average wise so I remember last year I was down on Harrell at the Lakers and he started on a house on fire but then over the course of the season he kind of trended middlingly to not be as valuable of a pick Um, I'm just going to throw that out there (laughs) but so far everything i kind of said about him going really early on this um at pick 43 overall has been wrong because you know 28.1 puts him in the upper echelon top 20 players in the league and um you know he's been absolutely fantastic i think you know i might have mentioned oh well you know gafford was hurt but not really he only he only missed like a game and a bit he's he's playing um you know close to 30 minutes per game and he's always been a per 36 kind of minute darling, um, you know, and the worry was, you know, he wouldn't push 30 minutes, but he's pushing that, you know, they've got their rotation at the Wiz. Um, Thomas Bryant, I'm not, you know, we'll see what happens with him, but I think locked in at the moment, you can only be super stoked that even if it trends down from 28, you know, it's a, it's a level that's an acceptable, you know, average for someone that you want in the fifth round, 100%. So I was a little bit off base with Harrell and I need a, I'm need a bit down on myself because I was such a big Harrell guy um, for the Clippers. He did so well for me when I pitched him that season. I've got his you know, Clippers jersey hanging in the cave um, and I've been down on him the past couple of years and he's, he's, he's such a fun to watch. So I want to get back on board. Um, so I got that one wrong. One that is the wait and see is definitely Jalen Green for me. I was really big on him. Um, I still, you know, think he has that Rookie of the Year potential. But the rookie class has been so good fantasy wise around him that a lot of guys are, are kind of going forward. And what we think, you know, with Houston in their scenario and what they want with Jalen Green. Um, some of the, his better games aren't really translating fantasy-wise, unfortunately. You know, we, we saw him drop 30 points in his third game ever, which is something that you don't see from rookies. Um, you know, had a 33.25 in fantasy, but since then, um, he hasn't cracked 20 in his next um, eight games. And the problem is that he's had, you know, two games where he scored 23 and then 24 points, but because of the inefficiencies, inefficiencies and the turnovers... It hasn't cracked even the 20-point fantasy mark. Um, you know, the assists aren't really there. I know he's not really running point because, you know, there's Kevin Porter Jr. and they're doing a few things there, but he has got the ball in his hands a lot. Um, there's there's little things with the inefficiency, and I I think, you know, it's going to get better than what it is because, you know, he's averaging 12.8 right now. Um, but, of course, there is a little bit of worry that... Um, the overall concerns that you always get with rookies, in terms of them being inefficient, um, has been obvious over a few games. And sometimes you look at his stat line and you're like, oh wow, cool, you know, um, he's got twenty four points, five assists, two rebounds. That that's a good game, and you're like, oh shit, he shot like you know, fuck, and he got seven turnovers. <laughs> it doesn't really um, pan its way. But very early days, he's rookie, and we're you know three and a half weeks in, so let's sit tight. Um, with my man Jalen green um, but I um, happy to trade for a jesse <laughs> uh, let's go to Freddie gonna kill you, and you um for coach chris one that I think I got right so far and unfortunately the thoughts around the 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 hornets that i had I think were we're pretty accurate in terms of there's a lot going on there and I think some of the players that I individually like pointed out um, were wrong in some of my thoughts but that's the kind of um, I guess the world we live in in fantasy in terms of you can get a gauge on on teams, but then from the player to player stuff it really can shake out different ways and we've seen um, I be- believed in Mason Plumley over you know PJ Washington's small ball. And you know PJ Washington hasn't been good to start, but you know Mason Plumlee's been a little bit up and down as well. And they've they've had these other things where you've seen Miles Bridges kind of play this small ball five, um, which we'll, we'll talk about. But unfortunately, PJ Washington he has been injured, which you know really kind of sucks and throws some of this you know that you you can throw away some of the stuff I'm saying because you want to see more of him, but he's averaged 14.1. And even those games where I saw him, he had a couple of games where um, he got some, some stats late um, based on like failing um, clock scenarios and rebounds where they were just, and it kind of salvaged a couple of bad games for him. So even the good ones that he's had, you know, he had a couple of um, 18 and 17 point games they're the only two games out of the um, seven that he's played that he's gone over 10 uh, points. And even then, I wasn't like super stoked about what he was doing. Um, I think the good thing is like he scores quickly when he's on. He can, but um, I don't think they feel like he's a huge part of this season when he comes back like you would have thought given his first two years in the NBA. Um, and that's because, obviously... Um, the emergence of other guys around him, including Miles Bridges and Kelly Oubre, who must be the most frustrating player <laughs> to own at the moment um, in fantasy. But obviously, you know, Hayward's your guy and um, LaMelo and stuff. I just think Hornets were a hard one. And, you know, I freaking landed with three of them uh, to start the season. <laughs> and we've seen some been really good and some kind of, you know, there's only one ball kind of thing. Works its way into fantasy a little bit, and I think PJ Washington, because you picked him at ninth overall in terms of the rounds and eighty-six, um, in the in the draft, can burn you if he's fourteen point one. But um, I'm not going to get too crazy about that yet. Not we'll see. When I got wrong and big ups to Coach here is the Scotty Barnes pick. So he's all aboard the Scotty Barnes Recruit of the Year campaign and the more I see him, the more um, I feel confident that it's real. Like, you know, he played another 39 minutes today. Um, he has he has good first quarters, I've seen, when I've been watching him. Like, just just little quarters where he will shoot, you know, two for three and have three rebounds and assist and steal within the first five minutes and it just really sets up his whole game um, as a fantasy kind of line. I think the fact that we've seen since draft night, okay, now he's starting, but he's not just starting. He's a real huge piece around everything. He's averaging 23.8 for a rookie who, you know, personally I didn't know a heap amount. The fact that Coach has kind of been, been able to, to risk it on what I thought was, you know, a, a real risky early pick at 106 overall, you know, your 11th one. It's not at the back end. You, you know, you got him in that kind of middle end, um, and for him to be delivering it the way he is, um, I, was, I, I didn't read that correctly. And I'm, I think in some ways it's, you know, he can get lucky with rookies because it's hard, but you, respect and, and big ups where it's due, um, I was down on it in terms of not knowing what he'd be. I thought it was a risk and he's absolutely killing it and something that I think is sustainable with Siakam coming back and everything. I think it's really good. Um, one that is more of your holding pattern. One um, that we've got to see. Um, I think I think the Fred Van Fleet one. I was down on. We've seen him, you know, being good. He's had thirty-seven point two five today. He's averaging around that, you know, twenty-four to twenty-five mark, um, which is fine for where you, you know. It's it, it. I still think it's a little bit early, but I think it's a. He's a wait and see. A little bit, um, he might be not as bad as I thought is what I'm trying to say, um, and that's in the context of him getting it too. I do think you know you would have got him later, but that's another thing. But I like it, it's nice to kind of see him really have these these good games that coach was had the thought process of um, for round two, um, but yeah, still a wait and see on him. The other one quickly was Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, I think it's a wait and see with him I think he's been a bit of a rough own and then he erupts for 33 and 10 yesterday and has a 42.5 but part of me is like oh well you know there's no Ingram there's no Zion um he's two games away from scoring only eight points and having a three in fantasy um he's just a little bit all over the place I want to wait and see a little bit more with him when Ingram's back Zion's not coming back for another fucking month but um we'll see how it goes it's a holding pattern. I'm fun. I think Nikhil and Alexander-Walk is fun to watch, um, and I want to watch more of him. Um, that's it. We'll, we'll move on quickly to Young Harden on holiday, Coach Dale. Um, DD, he is Daisy Dale, and he is 2-1 off the back of obliterating me, obliterating me in round one. Um, fun one that we're going to give a big tick to is Paul George. I think it's a little bit of a home run, easy thing to say, but I was really, you know, thought, well, this is a guy that um, potentially is in the back end of, you know, your round two and round three in years past. You know, he has this whole, you know, play P thing, but I think a lot of the coaches were on the same page. Clippers this year, he's the man. Um, He's not only kind of repaid um, what he was drafted at 17th, but, you know, his average of... 31.5 31.5 is currently, you know, top ten in the league. He's a first round player right now, and that's why I think it's um, not just a, a huge tick for 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 Dale here, but um, something I was quite high on um, in the draft recap. That's kind of come with. So I think it's it's probably an easy one, um, but so far it's even better than than what we probably would have thought. Um, the one maybe I've got wrong, and I think this is a little harsh, and I nearly put it in the, the wait and see kind of category, but had to pick one that I was wrong. On, and I think at the moment it's Tyrese Halliburton. I was gushing about him on, on draft night about how I wanted him to slip to me. Um, I think Dale got a bargain um, at pick eighty four, and you know this is a year we're gonna really see some some more things in him piece together what we saw. Um, he is averaging twenty point three. So this is, you know, quite good still. But we've had kind of, you know, these kind of off nights sometimes where i um, a little bit confused about um, why he isn't as involved in some of the offense stuff. The shooting is a little bit um, inconsistent. Um, he's only had one game of the whole season where he's gone, you know, for 20 points. I know that's not like his game all the time, um, but... I just want to see a little bit more um, more from him for, for the investment. Um, I think you know other players like Barnes and even Buddy Heald um, have shown to be a little bit more consistent and kind of better. But I, I think holding Patton, um, I'm still on board. There's no way I'm jumping off. I think he's a big piece and he's going to be good. But um, going down uh, the team, the one that stood out, and maybe, you know, because I was so heaping in my praise um, that potentially so far, the the view's a little bit off for me. But the the player that I think is the the wait and see, and that was an interesting one to talk with draft reviews, was Lonzo Ball. So, you know, averaging 19.1 so far, um, drafted at pick 57 overall. He's been fine. Obviously, the Bulls have been super fun, fantastic, great to watch. They're um, looking really good. I think it's you know consistent uh, long term because they look like they're having fun. They look like they're bought into defense, which was a question mark when you bring in you know your DeRozan um, kind of players, and even Lonzo Ball seems to like turn in and out sometimes. But you know what I did say and focused in is you know every season that Lonzo Ball's been in the NBA, we've seen opinions go up and down on him over the course of the season, and I think even in this short preview of what we've seen this year, you know, we've had, you know, him getting a triple-double in his second game of the season and going for 40.25. And then, you know, yesterday, him getting, you know, shooting 7 out of 10 from fucking 3 and being um, awesome in his counting stats. But then for, you know, the um, 7 or 8 games before yesterday, you know, he he didn't get over a 20-point, you know, game. Um, in terms of fantasy wise, so his average of nineteen point one at the moment is really buoyed by kind of two games, um, and the rest he's got consistently kind of in the teens. Um, But I mean, I still I still think of you know everything I said is is a wait and see on him. You know, we're gonna see those highs and lows. This is just a player. He is the the concern is you know if the Bulls go through a rough patch, um, they can't you know, hit the percentage of, you know, 80% wins for the rest of the season, you know, I don't think they're going to win, um, you know, 60 games. So in those down games, are we going to see a little bit more of that inconsistent Alonso that's harder to own that we've seen for four years? Um, yeah, I think he's the, he's just the obvious one that stands out as one of the ones that is a wait and see, is, is all I'm saying. Um, moving on to Dan, for Fox's sake, uh, big tick. Unfortunately, I think everything... Um, I said about Isaiah Stewart is kind of real so far. Um, we spoke about it very briefly on the last uh, pod that I did with him, but you know, averaging 15.4 for someone that he drafted you know, in the eighth round is, is not exactly what you want so far, but there is room for improvement on a team that's undefeated, so you know, there's positives potentially, but I think a lot of the things I said about you know, him being um, you know, a hard own in terms of if he's not scoring... Um, he's only scored in double digits three times this season and he's most, he's had his 13. Um, and that makes, you know, some of the things harder if he's not getting all of the minutes and all of the rebounds. Um, but I think, he, I think he could potentially trend up. It's just a lot of the thoughts I had early seem to be kind of on the money where I was wrong in a big way is miles bridges. And I won't beat it too much because I had my, my horn spiel, but, um, I think he might have, you know, given he was a contract year and he kind of didn't get it, there's a few different pieces around. I thought, you know, Miles Bridges might get lost in the shuffle a little bit in terms of the offensive, um, you know, reliability and usage rates that I give to him. I still thought he'd be this kind of running guy with, you know, Lamelo and um, his corner threes. But, you know, no, he's added like a step back threes and like uh, walking into his shot off the dribble threes and he's been... Absolutely not just his dunker, but you know he's finishing through contact. He's getting all the counting stats. He's averaging twenty-seven point two, which I know when we spoke to him on the last pod, his averages was you know up at thirty-one, and the thought was it can't stay at this. It will trend down. It may trend down even more, but I think what we've seen, um, and there goes my phone, um, from Miles Bridges at the moment was that um, some of the concerns I had are not. Um, I wouldn't focus on them anymore. I think he, he's a big part of what charts doing long-term, even with Terry Rogier back, all of this stuff. Um, I'd be very happy to, to get him at pick 102 overall. So I was a little bit off base on that one for sure. Um, the wait and see ones, I've got two that I think are interesting. I think one, both of them that I was kind of down on, I think on draft night. Um, but, you know, they've shown... I'm, I'm waiting more to see if I was right and wrong on them. Um, Derek White is one of them, 17.1. I was quite down on him. I think he's done enough in games for us to be engaged. I'm like, okay, you know, it's um, turning a little bit. Um, but then he has those ones where it's just kind of not there. The Spurs have been, I think, a little bit up and down. I haven't watched as much you know, San Antonio Spurs as I'd like to, but I think um, I'm probably in the same basket as a lot of people in the world at the moment with the San Antonio Spurs, which is um, maybe maybe a little bit off base. I think, you know, obviously Dejounte Murray's doing a lot and we'll speak about him later. But Derek White, yeah, a very wait-and-see kind of pattern. We've had um, a few games that we're happy with, but, you know, he hasn't scored over 20 points for the whole season. Um, he had a game yesterday where he had two points. He had zero points the game before that. He does enough to kind of salvage his games on the most part. Um, the rebound numbers are pretty good for, you know, a, a guard. He's at, um, he's had 5.7 rebounds on the last, you know, week. Um, he had that game with 10, which is which is nice. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to jump on whether I'm right or wrong yet. I just want to wait a little bit more. Yusuf Nurkic is the other one. So he's averaging 23.6 so far. So ultimately, you would say... The fact that I might have been down on him um, is a little bit off base. I don't think he passes the eye test completely, and maybe this is the thing where he's always going to be a better fantasy player than he is. I just think he'd been drafted at 59th overall, so the sixth round. Um, some of the concerns on where I came with him have kind of been right, but he's still scoring really well. Like, he's not, um, you know, he's averaging 24.7 minutes on the season um he just looks a little bit like in games where you watch him like off in terms of um his offense and how much they can kind of go through him um he seems a little bit limited in some of the things he can do but he seems to really just carve um a way to 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 get these just like huge rebounding games where things kind of like he just seems to gobble up that trash rebound stuff in the way that Andre Drummond does. Where you watch him and you're like, I don't think he's played well, but he's got 12 rebounds. How the hell did that happen? Yusuf Nurkic has a lot of this, you know, even in his games where he gets, you know, 22 minutes against the Lakers three games ago. It's enough for him to, you know, get 15 points and 17 rebounds. Um, Portland, are weird. I want to watch more of him to see um, if I was was wrong. I feel like 23. Average is flattering for him at the moment based on just the small bits I've watched of him. Um, so I just want to watch, I want to see him a little bit more. So let's hold pattern with him. Um, moving through, four teams left. We've got Walshy. Um, again, fun name to, name to say just from the fact that I, I don't have to say Game um, of Thrones anymore. <laughs> but Wiggy Wonka's Maple Factory, fuck yeah. Um, so far, I think I've been right and I won't go on it too much because I said it on the last pod on Jonas Valentunas. Absolutely beasting. He is still in, you know, a top ten pick in the um the league right now, currently based on his average. He's killing it. The other one, unfortunately, I think I was right on. And I think I mentioned I was close to putting him as the worst pick for him in the bonus pod in Kyle Anderson. Um, didn't quite get there in the end, but I think I was pretty down on him and the fact that, you know, he's averaging fourteen point seven and you drafted him at 81, you know, I think obviously kind of hurts you. But overall, the team's been really good so far, um, so we're nitpicking a little bit. Um, where I did think was wrong was obviously DeJounte Murray at the moment. Um, he's he's making me pay. Again, spoke about him on the other pod, but, you know, he's average of 29.1 at the moment. Every time I think it might, you know, trend down. He has another game where he's... um. Pushing triple double level numbers, Um, yeah. So like, again, he had ten points eight rebounds, nine assists again. OKC a couple of days ago, and that was actually one of his worst (laughs) games that he's had fantasy wise. Actually, for the whole season, his worst game fantasy wise, he got a nineteen point five, and he literally had ten points eight rebounds, nine assists, three steals, and a block. Um, It's just juicy. It's what what Dad would say, in that "Mm, stat line kind of shit. (laughs) It's all there. Um, and the more we see, the more I feel more wrong about him, unfortunately. Um, but the flip side of that was in terms of me thinking that the first Spur to pick would have been Jakob Pertel. Kind of, I've been right about him, but not because it's been wrong because of how good Murray's been. <laughs> um, the other one off base a little bit was Aaron Gordon, so I thought, you know, he was a bit of a steal for the price. And still, it doesn't hurt you because you went, you know, in the 120th overall. But he's been kind of shitty to start, unfortunately. He he is what he was last year, I guess, maybe. Um, And the holding pattern one is Devin Booker. Just because year after year, I kind of say that he's drafted one, like, around early. Um, And he's fucking awesome. You know, he's averaging 25. The Suns are good again, despite their slow start. He's the man. He was the guy that really cost Bochy last week. If he put him on the court (laughs) along with Chris Paul, Um, it might have been a different scenario, really. But you know, the the fact is that you're drafting and people draft Evan Booker as this elite kind of guy. He went twenty-one in our league. He went eleven in the year before, Um, and so far, we just don't have the backing of. You know, him being, he hasn't made that step to being elite. I think he's been on the cusp in real life and some way in fantasy it's been similar and he hasn't really got there. So the fact that, you know, you invest um, pick 20, you know, your third pick and pick 21 in him, he's, I think, 37th when I looked before in terms of average in the league. So, you know, he is in that really top epsilon but, you know, you want him to be higher. So he's a holding pattern. Let's see if he can really deliver a little bit more as the season goes. Moving on to Dobes, um, so we have the anti-vaxxers, which I'm hoping the team name changes with a change in fortune with um, said player, but um, I'm not really hanging on to a huge amount of hope right now. Um, I did mention what I did get right was Jakob Pertl. Unfortunately, he's out with the health and safety protocols, but I thought that was a great pick. Um, I should have picked him instead of Gordon Hayward. Definitely should have picked him instead of Gordon Howell given I traded him for injured uh, MPJ. But average of 24.8. He does it without really needing to score too much. He had that huge career high of 27 points that translated into 42 fantasy once you put in his rebounds. Outside of that, he hasn't actually scored more than 15 points. But it doesn't matter. Like everything um, up until his last couple of games, which... um, you know, we're a 13 and a 14. But before that, we're all above 20. Everything was translating healthy. I hope this COVID thing doesn't derail him too much because he was looking very, very much like the player I had hoped when I kind of scouted him on the rankings um, and should have made the plunge because I think he's been really good. Um, I think, you know, maybe more, wait and see. But at the moment, I'm going to say a little bit, you know, right, we've seen you know, Jason Tatum be awesome in patches but then not so much in patches and in a little bit of the line with Devin Booker is that, you know, when you draft um, a player like this this early, you really need him to come home. I thought it was a touch early um, and, you know, he's only averaging a little bit more than Devin Booker and you picked him with nine so he really needs to come home um, for you but at the moment, unfortunately, some of the stuff I said was on base. Things that I kind of got wrong and for you Know the reasons were with the Clippers. He's got Jackson, he's got Zubak. I did speak a lot about this kind of Clipper, uh, Russian roulette that one of them's gonna pop and what you know they might be really good or really bad, but it's kind of been just a little bit middling at the moment. Both are averaging, you know, you're 17, um, which is you know that middling kind of way based on the fact that you know they both got drafted under you know over 100. Um, you know it's not, they've been fine and good for you and um, repaid the value. Which I thought one might be good and one might be horrible, and then they're going to be hard to own. But the fact that they're actually kind of just cheering out a consistent role as Clippers, I think, of won five straight um, is yeah, not what I kind of envisioned. And um, I think it's been good for Dobes so far. We'll see if things change, but at the moment, um, my read on the, the Clippers might have been um, a touch off. And the holding pattern one's are OG and Anubi, so we've seen, you know, I think some of the hype online, um, you can get a little bit more excited about what he's actually doing in terms of fantasy, I think he's one of the ones where you watch him play and whether some of it is not having Siakam, but you know, they really trust him, he's running the offense, some of the things that he's doing um, offensively in his game just weren't really there um, you know for the previous you know, three seasons he's not just this kind of corner hustle or corner three kind of hustle guy um, he's added a lot of these tools so trending forward I you know I think it it all pieces together to be really well fantasy wise. but you know if you watched him and, and saw all the stuff on Twitter and then went back you would have thought that he's averaging a little bit more than you're 22 right now but I do think twenty-two is, you know, really healthy for a seventh-round pick. It's something that could translate um, even higher as we go. I just think, based on some of the the talk and the the stuff around him, you would have thought that he was um, out of the gate as a, a lockdown kind of top fifty guy, and where he's really kind of floating on that bubble um, of you know that fifty, and you know you draft him with sixty-nine. Uh, nice, um, but. Yeah, wait and see, kind of guy there with OG, but yeah, still, still, a bit quite happy um, with that so far. Let's go through to Embiid's feed and seed. Um, so, Big Daddy MJ here, looking at um, defending the championship. One to two, one and two start, which you know, um, a little bit up and down, but early days. We'll see how he, if he can bounce back. I think from two straight losses potentially. Um, what I do have a tick next to and some guy that keeps delivering, even in the face of a little bit of an absence with Malcolm Brogdon, um, I think you know he's missed five games, which is unfortunate, but I think I said at the time getting him at seventh round was a steal. Um, people just don't want to take him, and he's just benefited once again. He's averaging 28.3. He's just been Awesome. He doesn't have a game where he's got less than 20.75 um, again today. It's only halfway, not halfway, it's into the third quarter and he's got 24.75, so um, I just think he's hes money. He's money. He's just consistently awesome and I thought at the time it was a good pick. One that I might have been a little bit off base on um, and I could chalk it down to, to a loss so far is Jimmy Butler. So, Jimmy Butler is 11th in the league at the moment in his average. He's averaging 30.6. I did say at the time it was the, the right time to pick him. Like, I didn't say it was early or late. I think this was the time to go based on how good he was last year. But I did say I thought that might be a little bit of a regression into the mean based on the fact that he shot so well from mid-range last year and didn't really kind of shoot the ball as much, um, and I thought potentially that with this change in the rule, you kind of would want players that have a little bit more of a, a confidence in shooting threes and and doing a little bit more. But what I've seen that you know his efficiency, efficiency shit, I <laughs> efficiency has stayed very good. There's this like resurgence of the mid-range game for players who can do it really well, and Jimmy Butler falls into that category. The counting stats have still been there. Um, and everything kind of paves the way where that you watch him, he can, you know, score really quickly. And even with, you know, him leaving, um, the game early with the sprained ankle, I think it was, he, you know, finished with his 9.5, but you know, his average is still at 30. He only has one other game. Um, he's got one, two, four games that are even under 30 so far, and that's kind of hit his, his average down, um. But those games, he's been good. He's been fantastic. Um, and I'd be riding him all season. Um, one's to wait and see and a little bit of a cop-out, but it's definitely Pascal Siakam. Um, he has returned from injury for two games, rested today. Um, was fine in his return, but not amazing. Um, obviously, he's going to build. He's been out a while. Um, but I think I said at the time, drafting him at fifth overall means there's a lot of a risk if he can't come in and get back to you know his same usage kind of um, role with the Raptors. Um, and we still need to see if that's going to be the case. We will end the podcast with my team now going to the Mace Invaders, which has been a bit of a cluster fuck so far. Um, quick kind of thoughts on some of the wins, and there's definitely less wins than losses on these ones at the moment. But... Um, Fortunately, thank fuck, Tyler Hero has been good. Um, I think he's going to be the sixth man of the year. Everything he kind of does on the court by watching, I think they're very confident on him handling it a lot more. Even though he comes off the bench, he's finishing games. His shooting touch, you know, has been what we were all enamored with early and it's kind of come back to him. But, you know, I feel good about the fact that there's games where he's not even shooting well. And still kind of tying it off um, with the ability to get to the line and kind of punch out a few of the rebounds. So, last few games, the the, the rebounds haven't been up on what it was since the start of the season. Um, but, you know, just watching yesterday, him kind of going uh, toe-to-toe with um, the Lakers, you know, dropping 27 points in an overtime game. But, um, you know, for the, the 10 games that he's played so far, 11 it is now, he's gone... Over 25, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 times already, which is, you know, great for for where he's gone. So, tick on that. Um, I think, fortunately, some of the stuff about Bobby Portis, even though he started the year injured, which um, sucked and I had to drop and pick him up again, he's he's looked alright. He's looked kind of what I was hoping. Um, The off-base shitty picks, I mean... It's, it's hard, but the MPJ one now is just like I was enabled with him in, in Jesse's kind of review so far that when he started bad, I was happy to kind of trade for him. And now I've got the back issues, but I just think um, obviously it's a, it's a misread so far that's going to come back to to hurt. Um, just when I got Porzingis back and I was nearly at 15 healthy players, even with a full IR, um, MPJ had to, to just... What hit a tie almost in the trying to jump for the, the rebound and he's back obviously seized up and um it's a weird kind of we don't know he's out for the foreseeable future but then listed questionable in one of the games before he went out, which um, you know, annoys the shit out of me. But we'll see, and I think the Westbrook one, um, is a big miss. You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be down on Tatum and I'm gonna be down on Van Vliet for, for them picking him early, it's only fair that I'm quite down on Westbrook for me not reading the fact that even if I thought a lot of the you know, him being consistently the one that plays for the the Lakers and and knowing that, you know, the triple double numbers I you know, I really felt could still pan over the fact that I think I misread, you know, the conjecture of 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 where he was gonna go and where I should have gone with him. It was a a real big misread and, and while he's, you know, had a few handier games and you know he's had two triple doubles in a row Um, the shooting is is real still a bit of a mess and hard to watch Um, but I mean you know he's averaging 26.5 but I think it's fair obviously in the same category as Tatum and and Van Vliet that even though they're going to be good they need to be a whole lot better than good for the the price that you pay so that was a wrong 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 from me and the wait-and-see ones, uh, very quickly, uh, poor Zingas. I was a bit down on him after he got injured, of course, and you know missed um, five games straight. But since he's been back, he's had a game of a 28.75, 7.5 and a, a 29, which kind of makes me um, feel good about some of the th- thoughts around taking him um, at pick 53 when I did were maybe on the money, but... He just he needs to stay healthy. There's no point if he can average and play the way that I think he, he can if he can't stay on the court. So average of nineteen point three. We'll see where we go. And the other one was just Darius Garland. So um, he passes the eye test for me. I really like him. I think you know things are going to be good, but it's just you know frustrating when um, you know the average of eighteen point four hasn't come. You know, to, to even meet the levels of, of last season and, you know, you got your players like Cole Anthony who are <laughs> averaging 25 where I put a lot of stock in him. It needs to be a bit and wave and see because, as, as I said, I think the eye test um, shows that, you know, he's going to become, um, you know, this real important player for the Cavs and it is building on what happened last year and he's going to only just, you know, keep moving forward. But so far, just statistically, um, it hasn't happened and a lot of that, I think, is on... Um, the, the turnovers, but also um, he has he's only gone over twenty points once this season, which is is not what you really want. You want you want a lot more scoring from him. So we did it, round it off quickly, tied it in for under an hour. Um, happy Friday, everyone. I'm gonna go um, finish up um, the work day after I finish this lunch break. Yes, lunch break. Yeah, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. When I've had the house free, have a beer, and we're gonna enjoy some more basketball. And as I said to everyone, we're gonna to get together. We're gonna to have some more beers and enjoy everyone um, some basketball. It's a fun time. The rain's gonna go away, hopefully. It's uh, it's it's feeling good, and I like it a lot. And I'm enjoying another podcast, and I hope everyone enjoys it as well. Um, with some of my thoughts here, and thanks for listening, and take care, and we'll catch you guys all next time. Cheers.